All right, and we're back. <laughs> Very good. So yeah, take take me back into your thought. You were laying laying this out as a, a really cool arc that I hadn't really seen. Is that there's this big that, well, I guess in the middle there is the big idea for you, which is this sustainable community of uh, small groups of people, maybe a few families. Uh, living, growing food, doing social things, educating people. And the bigger wave from that is all of humanity moving towards like, oh, wow, we need to have local food and access to it to stay healthy. And then it all comes down to this little kernel of, of today's project, which is your beginning with this online farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, it'd be nice to go from community to community, helping people learn how to uh really connect their community of farmers and local producers to be able to feed your local community so that you're not shipping trucks all over the place to try to get food put somewhere. I mean, yes, there are things that can't be grown here that can be grown other places. And, and I understand some things need to be brought in, but there's a lot of things that we bring in from outside that we could get right here in our own backyards instead of getting it from 300 miles to 400 or more miles away. So it's decreasing the freshness, you know, uh, when you're, you know, I can get a CSA and when I I can literally keep things in the refrigerator, sometimes two to three weeks without it going bad, but you go to a store here and it's already been picked in on the truck and it's, you know, already got, sometimes a couple of days to weeks uh, or a week less time on it uh, once you get it in the refrigerator. So that's right alone, you know, is is a nice feature. (laughs) Yeah. So to me, as someone who eats food, I notice that when I eat the farmer's market food or, you know, something I've grown or someone I know has grown it yeah. feels different in my body like it i don't it's like something like the the water in the food tastes a little different it's like i like there's it feels like there's more life in it but you are someone who yeah. knows a lot about that like on yeah the nutritional healer, value yeah, the vitamins yeah, so like, yeah what is that yeah it, the soil when you're using a lot of farmers who are more local and smaller use practices in which they keep the soil very healthy full of the nutrients that the plants need when you go to monoculture a lot of times the soil that they're using is very very depleted of the nutrients needed to grow a nutrient-rich vegetable uh, or fruit because it's just it doesn't have anything to suck up from the soil it's just been so used and done uh, with the same crops over and over. Whereas when you have small farms, they rotate them um, and they, there's more of a mindfulness in their practice and uh, making sure that the soil is got all the nutrients it needs to be able to have healthier plants and vegetables for us to consume. You know, you've got your B vitamins in there. You got your A, you got all your, your vitamins and nutrients you need. Your body needs that to build your, your cells and to keep you healthy. So uh, unfortunately, a lot of the foods that we get are uh, nutritionally void, especially a lot of the processed foods that we, we eat. It's empty calories. Uh, you know, there's no, not a lot of nutritional value to it. 
Cool. I mean, not cool, the existing problem, but yes. cool that there is an easy solution and cool that we have science already established that really understands this well, you know, even yes. though in the mainstream, like we still have a culture of Doritos and we still have a culture of, yeah. of Coca-Cola and all that stuff. It's like yeah, Pop-Tarts cool. for breakfast, which, you know, there's there's no nutritional value for that. That's just a few, huge sugar spike. <laughs> first thing in the morning it's not a good idea yeah so but it's kind of i don't know it's cool to see the culture change because it seems like there was this there was this in-between step where it's like oh it's still the same processed box of stuff but it has a word that we take to mean healthy on it and it's like now we look at that and it's like that's ridiculous but at the same time, it's like, oh, that that's the missing link, right? Like, that's the intermediary step between, like, we just eat stuff out of boxes and cans and we don't understand that, like, it's better to get it closer to the dirt. Yeah. Like, you do that in-between step where it's like, oh, it's healthy. What that means is people are thinking about it at all. Yeah. It's kind of necessary. Is there is there something that you see as, like, an in-between step now that, like, leads to some cool, systemic, like, healthier food thing in the future? You know, our culture is so busy. I think if we can make it easier and more convenient to get healthy foods, that's a start. Uh, You know, the the moms who are going, you know, they have kids that are in extracurricular activities. They've got school, they've got soccer, they've got baseball, uh, gymnastics, whatever it may be. They want somewhere they can come quickly, grab a good, healthy meal and be on their way. Something their kids will eat. That's another thing. A lot of kids we know are very picky and don't like to eat their vegetables, but there's, you know, good ways you can hide that. And uh, having a good restaurant here that, or a a quick drive-through area where you can pick that up quickly for your kids, I think would help really change the mindset of people and making it affordable. Because if you can get more local products, instead of having trucks bring it in it's going to just cost less to supply how do you hide the vegetables <laughs> well maybe i should close the door so my daughter doesn't hear me say <laughs> this. <laughs> so then, then, we'll, then we'll talk about that you know that like with spaghetti she loves spaghetti but i can hide things in spaghetti sauce it's great for that i will uh put a bunch of greens in the food processor and process it up and put it in the spaghetti sauce so she she never knows that all the greens are in there and i usually use a a quinoa type uh, spaghetti noodle something that's a little bit healthier has more nutrition in it um and you know right there i'm getting in some more nutritional value in there (laughs) so that's an easy one macaroni and cheese is also easy to kind of hide things in um so you know, there's there's different, many different aspects out there and, and ways to hide things. Sauces are great for that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna use that. That sounds like a nice, like earthy sauce too. Like I'm sure there is a little bit of flavor profile you get from the greens. That's like it a nice, is fresh really thing. good. Yeah, I was very happy with it. I I tried it myself. I'm not a big uh, tomato based person, uh, but she is. But I I was like, well, I'm gonna try this, and it was really good. So I had to have myself a bowl as well. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I was I was happy that she she liked it so much and that it 
to me, it tasted really good to me. So it's very, uh, it was more, it was light. It didn't sit so heavy in the stomach. It was, it was good. Yeah. I think there's lots of ways to do that. And that's, that's a key thing too, is how does the meal like feel in your body afterwards? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you feel heavy and weighted down and bloated? Uh, A lot of people get reflux and I'm like, it's just, it's what you're eating, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. I found that something that helps me is trying to like cut, I mean, any kind of bread that's made out of some kind of a processed flour or anything like that, especially some, you know, like you mentioned pop tarts, that's like the first layer, but then even beyond that is like, you know, even using flour to like make pancakes and stuff like that. I found that it's cooler to be able to take like just a straight up plantain and just like fry that um, on a hot skillet and use that as like, that's my starch. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. There's so many different ways to do that. You can also make your ice cream with plantains and bananas, just freeze it. And there you go. My daughter loves it. It's a much healthier ice cream alternative. So yeah, there's many things that you can uh, repurpose and uh, do creative ways to get your food a little healthier. Oh yeah. I blended up some papaya one time as well. That was frozen. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, I've had mango as well, kind of like a mango sorbet. That is really good oh, as well. Oh, that sounds... Yes, it was really good. Yes, I have to do that again. It's been a while since I've done that. <laughs> but yeah, that one was a good one. So, although we kind of do that for our smoothies. We, we do mango smoothies with some protein powder and a little coconut water for my daughter. That's one of her favorites. So uh, that gets a little like, protein in her because she... She's not a big meat eater, which is fine. So we're finding other creative, healthy ways to get some protein in her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that'll probably, I mean, that's a competitive advantage for her as an adult moving into a world where, I mean, the meat industry has got to be in trouble, you know, moving decades into the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Especially now with the, you know, vegetarianism is now completely mainstream. You can go get the impossible burger. You have been able to get the veggie burger, even at a place like McDonald's and Burger King for a long time. Uh-huh. I think about that. Like there, cause there are some people who, cause to me, it's like these ideas used to be like fringe hippie ideas, but now yeah. it seems they're just like normal forward thinking, practical ideas. Yes. Like yes. The kind of the more, I don't know, the more out there things either have fallen off or have been proven just kind of part of this very, very different world we're moving into. Yes. And I think, uh, you know, kids, kids like your daughter are not going to have the culture shock the way some people are. You know, I think for some people, this is going to, you know, the next 30 years are going to look like the apocalypse, you know, <laughs> from, you know, thinking about how we saw ourselves in the world in like the 1990s. Like, whereas some of us are like, oh, okay, we kind of have to move a little closer to the land, look at other parts of the globe where people are already doing that. And so, yeah, yeah. to some to some people, the future is going to be a huge change. But no, many of us are already raising our kids to be like, well, you know, things are going to be a little different. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's really been her that has changed me as far as the meat goes. Um, ah. It was one day we were in the store and I was looking at the meat and... um she walks up beside me. She goes, mama, she puts her arms out. She goes, look at all of this dead nature. And she was so sad. And I just, my heart just sank and everybody around me looked at me and I was just like, 
oh my god baby like, you're right you know and I was just like wow okay you know she just just put that into a really you know different perspective in the way she said that to me and I was just like you know you're right and uh, I still got my meat but not as much yeah <laughs> and uh she's yeah she's just never been a meat eater and um and you know that's okay <laughs> it's it's definitely besides my health uh definitely decreased my meat intake <laughs> yeah absolutely I wonder if that's some kind of evolutionary like instinct that we have as a species is like we know somewhere on an instinctive level that like uh, the human race has created such abundance that we don't need to eat animals. But if we were in a wilderness situation, I imagine any child by that, you know, by that point in the day or that point in the week is so hungry that they wouldn't think to be like, oh, I don't want to eat this. Yeah. But it's like we are in these, you know, peaceful, really abundant times as a species as a whole yes and yeah i wonder if kids just kind of come out sometimes feeling that yeah 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 i mean and and you know from a very young age me and her father have tried not to um condition her with certain things kind of let her uh come out you know she's she's come directly from source recently you know when they're younger right. if you can try not to uh pollute them with too much ego-based information and um, your necessarily your thinking, they kind of already know what is right and wrong. They already know what, um, how things should be, if that makes sense. Um, you know, they know what's good for them. And if you listen to your child, they, they really can have some incredible wisdom that comes out of their mouth sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, they're tuned into just that natural feeling of harmony, people in a room, you know, the same way as, as you know, our pets sometimes can tell when there's, like, emotional tension <laughs> between humans that's not being spoken. I think kids can very easily get into that place, too, where they're, like, you know, they'll notice a situation that's tense, and they'll be, like, all these adults are just accepting this tension, and they'll be confused. They won't understand why. Yeah. But it's, you know, at the same time, in that same room, you might ask an adult, like, hey, do you feel this tension? And they might say no, because eventually you get desensitized to it. You know, we're used yeah. to, like, workplaces that are just full of this these weird power dynamics. But, yeah, kids, having never seen that, there is just something natural about, like, hey, can't you feel that these people are, uh, I don't know, feeling negative emotions, happy, yes. sad, whatever. Yeah, she is very perceptive. <laughs> she is very perceptive. She, she's... Uh... I've had a stressful situation a couple of months ago and I was having some anxiety and she was like my little call out bell. We would be driving in the car and all of a sudden she'd go, mommy, why am I feeling such anxiety? And I'm like, oh man, like me out because right. I am. He's feeling it, you know? So I had to really right. learn how to control my anxiety because she was calling me out, you know, about it. And I felt, of course, bad that she's sitting here having this anxiety and she doesn't know why, you know, and uh, as my spiritual coach says, we can come up for any re we can come up with a reason why we're feeling anxiety, even if it's not our own. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that we have this culture of a lot, you know, a lot of people have anxiety. And so a lot of times, though, you know, you're out and you're feeling someone else's anxiety. It's not even your own, but you can still come up with a reason why you're having it. You know, we can always think of a reason of, oh, of something that's 
can cause us anxiety. So uh, it, it kind of almost is a domino effect <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah, very true. I think that uh, is constantly happening, especially in our culture where it's like, the whole world is clickbaiting you at once, right? The whole world is trying to get you to react to stuff before you have the time to take the breath and separate the momentary anxiety from this like general existential dread that is also bred into us. <laughs> right. That's, that's true. Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. You see that progression in your child and it hurts, you know, when they start school and then they start that they just, they come from there being this very happy go lucky child to just being stressed about, you know, so she said, she, he said at school and homework and getting this done. And I, you know, I'm not smart because I didn't get this good grade. You know, there's all these start negative, negative, negative bombardments that come in. And uh, I, I think it would be really nice to figure out how to change that culture in our schooling um, for our kids. I think uh, that alone could do a lot for our anxiety levels and the stress that we have on ourselves. Yeah, I agree. I definitely look back on going through the American school system and having been a kid who spent some time at public school and some time at private school and kind of saw two sides of the same coin that to me looked exactly the same. It's like it's still it's all based on this fundamental misunderstanding of humanity, which is that like, oh, there's some A people and there's some B people and there's some C people. And it's just like, ugh, it's so it's so dangerous yeah. Because I think it, it tests for one very specific kind of intelligence. Yes. And yeah. it, te- it teaches everyone else that they're not smart. But it's like, I don't know. Because for me as a music instructor, like, I wouldn't expect people to make their decision of how they look at music based on just what they learn in the lesson studio at a guitar center. Because that's a business that's trying to sell you guitars. So they're trying to like, yeah, teach you something that makes you still reliant on a teacher, makes you incrementalize everything. So it's like, you know, you think that you have to do X, Y, and Z before you can play Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. And specifically before you can play just that one part of Stairway to Heaven, because that's all you really wanted. And it's just about putting steps between you and that and putting people and purchases between you and that. And it's like, that's what school is. Because you come out of the school system being like, well, the only practical thing to do is be a coder or a doctor or a lawyer or be in the insurance business, which are all like important businesses to our culture and serve important functions. But it's like, we don't need an entire society of people who think that that's the only way to be, because then the whole reason that we had society in the first place, all of the fun, delicious, juicy things are gone because there's no one left to do them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And the, People who are craftsmen, you know, the woodworking and iron workers, you know, there's just not enough of those. There's a shortage and um, you just don't have those beautiful ornate things that you used to have because it's just not looked at as a skill anymore, which but it is It's just it's such amazing art. And um, I'm hoping we can turn that around. (laughs) That will be another change that comes soon. Yeah. Well, we're moving into like simpler times too. I think, you know, you look at 
I, to me, I think it's so fascinating how some things are hard and some things are easy. Like if I want to order a pizza from Papa John's right now, there is like a whole team of people who their whole career, their like life's mission was to make it very easy for me to right now have this idea. I want a Papa John's pizza with this on it. Less than five minutes, I could probably get that order in. And yet, yeah. like, I can't vote like that. Yeah. And like, that's, that's so weird. Like even, you know, even let's take, you know, the whole idea of patriotism and a government is a special thing by and for the people like toss all that out. Let's just say, okay, the American government is just straight up a corporation. It's like not the best corporation. It's like one of the worst corporations. It's like their whole, their point of sale <laughs> system is messed up. It's yeah. like their service is slow. It's inconsistent. The people like they, the employees don't care about their jobs. Like, yeah. and it's just so funny, but certain things have not been held back by that. And so it's like, we can kind of see like, how easy and good and just seamless American, I mean, world society, forget, I mean, the whole idea of the nation state, I think is also dissolving as more and more like a virus hits the whole world. Okay. We're all in this together. Not just we all Americans, but we humans are in this together. Yes. Yeah. And it's just this, yeah, it's this wave of change, but it manifests itself right now in the moment as just, you know, a child coming out and saying, Hey, the vibe feels weird in this room or hey why are you eating all that dead animal yeah (laughs) yes yes yeah oh yeah that was a a funny day (laughs) (laughs) funny day in public everyone's turning and looking at you and you're like oh yeah (laughs) that realization and you know you wonder what 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 were the other people thinking what was their perception or reaction to that you know (laughs) Right. Well, it's so amazing. I mean, the the power that one individual and especially a child has, because there was probably there were probably changes in that moment that rippled out into all these people's ideas about the world. And like, oh, I heard a kid say this and like I had never thought about that or like, you know, it reminds me of something that my kids said or I thought, you know, it's but it's almost like that information couldn't have had the same power if it's just something that they saw. Like, you know, Oprah had a had a doctor on and was interviewing the person and said, oh, you know, meat is this, meat is that for humanity. Like, that will almost never have the same effect as, like, a real visceral experience of seeing a child completely innocently yeah. say, look at all that dead nature. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and just, yeah, her facial expression and her hand motions, the way she... she did her hands in big circles and just was just like look at all of this dead nature and I was just like oh my god her little face yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that was her little face the time that uh Bernie didn't get the nomination and she just sank in her chair she goes mommy Bernie didn't win and she just sank into her chair with this long face I was like, I know, baby, I know. And I just gave her a hug. And I was like, you know, what do you do? (laughs) But she was, she was so disappointed. (laughs) It's like, I feel you, baby, I feel you. Right, yeah. (laughs) So, she's, she's had a little, uh, she's had her conviction since she was young. (laughs) Yeah, and that's cool to see, too, is that kids are able to engage in these topics of politics and, like, see a person speak on TV and hear their ideas and the way they 
deliver them and like make decisions that are not just emotional but are like intellectual yeah and logical in a lot of ways you know yeah. very logical just like well yeah duh kind of mommy <laughs> it's like okay i don't need the condescending attitude <laughs> yes yeah gosh and it's just so because i feel like every child is saying to every adult like hey, humanity has gotten to the point where we've created abundance. Like, there's no reason that any individual human should be without basic needs yes. yeah. satisfied. And every yeah. adult is like, well, yeah, that obvious thing is correct, but this and but that and but society and but capitalism and, like, all this yeah. stuff. And it's just, like, there's no, like, we're... I think we're losing the ability to, like, keep up the charade of, like, yes, we need to... Uh, I don't know, we we need to keep up this, like, Santa Claus myth of, like, people's worth and sense of value comes from making their own way, yeah. and it's just this weird thing that I think is true once your basic needs are met, like, yeah, there's something inherently satisfying about, like, finding out what makes you unique and what makes you powerful and going and actualizing yeah. that in the world but like i don't think that in order for someone to have that moment of conviction that they need to be worried about starving or their children starving yes 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 i mean you know we've we've set up certain cultures for failure for a very long time uh in certain cultures not being able to have mortgages certain culture you know just limiting yeah. cultures uh for loans for businesses for houses and um, we've uh, those cultures have been stagnated, you know, for a very long time, just from these decisions made a very long time ago where they're still suffering for those things. And, you know, when you don't have those resources, the basic resources you need to get through your childhood, how, you know, it, it, how are you even supposed to focus on that or understand it as an adult, you know? Um, some people get out of that that cycle, but it's really hard for someone up on their ivory tower to say, well, they could have worked just as hard as I did. No, you had different resources. You had, you know, that there was, um, you had a different chance <laughs> at the start of life, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, and I mean, gosh, even if the person in the ivory tower, let's say they went from homeless let's say they went from multi-generational poverty homelessness all the way to the top of the ivory tower like yeah they're still the exception to the rule yes like exactly. they're still the one out of a hundred yeah. one out of a thousand one out of a million it's yes. like it's just so frustrating <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely yes and and but and it's funny how disconnected they can even come from that you know a lot of times yeah. Instead of being, okay, and now I'm going to help people get up to my level. It's just like that. Now it's like they forget about it. And I did it. I struggled. I worked hard. I did it all on my own. A lot of people like to say that they did it on their own, but they have to look at all the people that helped them. That one teacher, you know, that gave them some hope. Whereas that everyone else, you know, had teachers that called them, you know, the kid that, didn't have you know that had brain damage or the kid that has ADHD or the kid that has you know you get labeled at a young age some of these kids and um 
they think they don't have a chance in hell to get anywhere because they've been labeled with these things from a very young age um, that they feel like they can't overcome. Uh, so I think uh, that alone, figuring not labeling our kids and helping them get through their issues up a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it, I think I've been thinking a lot about video games in recent years because especially like looking at my nieces and nephews now going through the school system. Um, because yeah, they're in. They're forced to play this one game. They're playing the American school system game yeah. from like seven to three. And there's a point system. And there are winners and losers, and that is clear. And it's very uncommon for a winner to become a loser or a loser to become a winner unless there's some extenuating circumstance. Yeah. But yeah. all of them invariably choose to augment that experience without anyone prompting them to do so necessarily with some kind of other game. So they pick up Minecraft or they pick up, you know, some of the kids now are playing the old like Magic the Gathering cards or Beyblades mm -hmm. or some kind of other game that also has a point system where there are winners and where there are losers, but it's just a better designed game. Why is it better designed? Because winners can become losers, losers can become winners, losers can have a fluke win and then learn from that win winners can have a fluke loss and then learn from that loss they naturally seek this you know pokemon yeah. whatever you want yeah 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 sure it's very true and it is yeah it's just it it's like just having another game having another universe yeah um yeah for me as a young adult that was you know not even as a kid as you know being in my late teens or 20s when i was in college it's like being at the one being in the one universe of uf where it's like we're all trying to become uh you know doctors engineers lawyers xyz there's one game there are winners and losers for me the other universe was the music scene was going downtown and playing yeah. in bands and you know everything starts at nighttime and it starts late and it's not the morning and it's not everything by the minute and yeah you don't get graded like the only you have to choose how you get you have to choose what you get out of this and how you get it out yeah and it was it was everything upside down it was you know it was the moonrise kingdom it was where everything that makes you a fool in the other kingdom makes you a king in the, in the underground. <laughs> but it's like but it's like you have to have that because i think that's these children and adults who feel really really lost and afraid right now it's because they're stuck in one game where they have to be a loser yeah that's that's very true it's very true uh, a lot of people get uh stagnant and happy with the status quo <laughs> uh i think we get trapped in that cycle it's very true very true scared to move forward you know they just want to go to their job and work their hours to get what they need to have their life but at some point it's you need to enjoy what you're doing and i hope that we can move to a, a culture of enjoying our life of what we're doing each day uh, that we're enjoying our job that we're helping others in our job and that there's going to be some jobs that we don't need to do anymore <laughs> <laughs> right yeah geez. there's i think we're we may be learning that right now that there's some jobs that maybe we just don't really need to do right now that they're kind of obsolete 
Yeah, I think about that with uh, blockchain technology, and they're coming in and saying, like, hey, now computers can do these difficult computations, and they can also keep really accurate records across a whole system that's really hard to hack. And so it's like, okay, well, now there are uh, insurance analysis decisions, and there are, like, banking decisions and investment decisions that now can be made by a computer. And it's like, oh, okay, because, like, that's the next step like first we specialized so some people were doing agriculture and then other people could do something else because it's like okay all the foods being made now we specialize and then it's like okay now we're gonna have money we're gonna have a medium of exchange so a whole country can just do one thing a whole country can just do another thing and then they can just trade and then that's cool but then eventually once there's a global culture and there kind of only is one country, it begins to look really weird when like just some people from one country are living this one kind of life because they make one thing or do one thing. Yeah. And then it's different. So we're now seeing like, okay, if some non-human, you know, ideally now a, a robot and artificial intelligence can do those jobs, we can kind of redesign the human experience as something that has the pureness and goodness of when we used to just live close to the earth and yeah. we had festivals when the season changed and yeah. we celebrated when the harvest was good and there was a drought and we would dance until it rained again yeah. like what if what if yeah. we could have all that goodness but then also meanwhile the computer is still ticking away like making sure that during that drought we're just you know we're already okay there was some you know there was some understanding and harmony with the broader ecology that we could understand like, Oh, this drought means this. We understand it because of technology. Yeah. We can make a decision rather than guessing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, alone doing the online farmer's market will be able to help predict the demand of the community and farmers can kind of tailor what they're growing and how much they're growing to meet the demand so and then certain things you, people don't want as much and you would know not to make an access of it so it'll it'll help uh financially i think with the farmers and making it overall better experience for the consumer uh after a few years of knowledge for us to be able to kind of calculate for them and have that yeah. feedback right yeah new yeah. systems adjusting how what's your experience been on like the personal level uh, getting these people together because you're really you're encouraging a change in how yeah. things are done and like which people farmers communicate with because it's not just that the food is moving over a shorter uh, distance it's that the information the whole the plans the relationships with the people are like geographically yeah. closer have you like has that been part of your experience um, you know, it's been interesting talking to the farmers. Some are, uh, they're reluctant to incorporate the technology part of it. Uh, but I think a lot of them are now seeing the necessity for that and yeah. the power of being online. Uh, so I think it's changing their perspective of things and how they can move forward in the future. Uh, and that, you know, they're, they're getting more of a customer feedback um, a feedback loop of communication which can help uh, them in their endeavors of what they plant and what the people want so wow yeah very cool and how nice to be a part of that 
wave and be a compassionate voice <laughs> as things change <laughs> and as everything is turned upside down. How nice to know that we've got people like you who are the ones uh, introducing the future to people like one conversation at a time. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's what it takes. Finding the right people and, and having the conversation. Sometimes it's hard to find the right people, <laughs> but you get through it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Brooke, we're getting close to the end of the time that I have, and this has been so inspiring and amazing, and we accomplished exactly what I wanted, which is just to record some message that people are still out here trying to make a really, really nice future. Uh, So do you have, well, first of all, where can people find out more about you and about the online farmer's market? And then do you have, you know, a last bumper sticker message for people to go about their Mondays with? Uh, It is tranquilitymarket.com is the name of the website. Uh, We should be launching it and be active within the next week or two. Uh, As of right now, you can go in and put your email in there and that'll get you on our email uh, chain. So we'll let you know when the website launches. And uh, we'll also, of course, be putting on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we'll be picking up, we'll have pickups at First Magnitude Brewing Company. We're going to be doing every Thursday right now. Um, so people can, they're going to come through, they're going to give me a text message and we're going to take it out to their car. Uh, and we're going to be hand sanitizing between each car and cleaning well. And uh, we've also instructed the farmers and, and craft vendors to do that also course if anyone's been sick in the last uh two weeks or exposed to anyone in the last 14 days we're being very strict with the vendors about not taking any produce or, or crafts or items from them right now so um you know we're trying to keep everybody as safe as possible through this process and uh so uh and then as far as uh you know just love each other stay safe uh, be considerate to others and kind. Every you know, there's a lot of people going through hard things right now with people having job losses, people not knowing how they're going to make ends meet. Um, so you know, support anyone however you can, even if it's just a, a smile. They can still see your eyes if you've got a mask on. You can see someone smiling with their eyes. So that's always pleasant to see. Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely. Well, again, Brooke, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll definitely do it again. Uh, people go and thank you check for having me. Tranquility Market gets your delicious, fresh, local produce online, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, thank you. Have a great Thanks evening. Bye bye.